You're listening to MLB.com Extras, brought to you by MLB.tv. It's baseball everywhere. Hey, everyone. Tim McMaster here along with our MLB.com Red Sox reporter, Ian Brown. And, Ian, we're going to get into Andrew Benintendi a little bit, the uh, the trade deadline, what went down, what didn't for the Red Sox. Uh, but let's start with this West Coast trip, which has been well, certainly eventful, if nothing else. I mean, there has been some exciting baseball games out west for the Red Sox. Unfortunately, Tuesday night's game went exciting the wrong way. Uh, David Price, terrific for seven innings. Um, they sent him back out for the eighth, and, and things just kind of unravel from there. Uh, the thing that I was surprised about, Ian, as they give up five runs in that eighth inning, end up blowing the 4 nothing lead and losing the game, is is you send Price out for the eighth? Absolutely, he had been tremendous that up to that point. He gives up the solo home run. Okay, it's a solo shot. It's still four to one. But my thought was, then he gives up the next hit, and here's a guy that that historically has been prone to big innings. I feel like you got to go get him at that point. Uh, they didn't, and it got worse and worse. Eventually, they did get Price out of there when it was four to two, and then Fernando Abad gives up the three run shot to Robinson Cano. But I just felt like. The way David Price has been going, as well as he had pitched in that game, they had to go get him sooner. What are your thoughts? Yeah, I thought maybe John Farrell was a little bit slow on the draw on that uh, particular move. I would have got him maybe uh, maybe one better earlier. You know, four straight hits to, to start the inning. That's not good. And then you you know, Bar- Matt Barnes does a great job, but then you leave uh, the new guy Abad just to face one of the best hitters in the game, Robinson Cano, and uh, just unraveled completely and I, I felt bad for for a bot in a sense because I just I just said it right there but I pictured uh headlines across baseball with a hyphen bad after his debut with the Red Sox which isn't fair i but but it just instantly popped into my head here's a guy that has been dominant this season against lefties and obviously he's the guy the Red Sox get at the trade deadline from the twins they said send Pat Light to Minnesota, um, a middle-of-the-kind-of-top-30-type the, the prospect, a hard thrower, but a guy that's probably going to end up being a bullpen arm. Um, but for Abad to debut like that, what a tough spot for a guy who's been so good this season in Minnesota. This is really the first chance for Red Sox fans to see him, and he gives up the three-run homer. I think things are going to get better for him, but, uh, but how did he take that debut, and how was he after the game? Yeah, he was fine. He seems like a pretty laid-back guy. He's got his his head is in the right place. He wasn't uh, hanging his head. Look, he was uh, Cano was one for eleven off him before that at bat, so he had done a a nice job. He just kind of uh, just laid, left the pitch a little too much over the plate. But you know that's the reason they got this guy to face guys like Robinson Cano and uh, John Farrell have been plotting that matchup for hours. Really, right. <laughs> he thought you know. It, Two in the afternoon, you know, if, uh, if Robinson Cano uh, comes in a key spot, I got to put in my new toy, my new lefty specialist there, and uh, just just didn't get the job done. But you know, certainly you can't blame uh, Abad for, for that game. Just uh, kind of unraveled before that point. Taking away, uh, obviously, the the game on Tuesday night. How valuable a piece can Abad be to have that guy that can just, when you have a tough spot with a tough lefty, you can just bring him in to, you would think, well more often than not, get that lefty out. Yeah, I mean, they really have a nice compliment with Abad and Robbie Ross Jr., who's kind of done an underrated for the job for this team this year. And then you have Ziegler from the right side is really tough on righties, and Tizawa, who's 
you know, really good against both righties and lefties. And they, I think they have a really good bullpen now. And uh, last night, notwithstanding, I think, you know, you're going to see this game, this team uh, win a lot of games because of their bullpen in the late innings. And that's without even Koji Uehara. So if you ever get him back, that, that's even going to give you a, an, another weapon. Yeah, and hopefully they do. So Abad was the the last move the Red Sox make before the deadline. Obviously, they were busier than anyone earlier than anyone really uh, leading up to the deadline. Uh, from what you've heard, was, was there other, I mean, we heard the rumors about Chris Sale, but it seemed like that was more rumor than anything else. Were there other big moves kind of brewing that did, didn't happen, or were just the asking price for players just way too big for, for Dave Dombrowski after he had already given up some key pieces? Yeah, I think Dave got a sense that, look, he, a block pressure deal is not going to be realistic. He talked to 20 out of the out of the 29 other teams and you know had a good idea on asking price for things and just uh, you know, decided he was better off with a complimentary piece. I think that's why they got uh, Pomerantz as early as they did because they didn't think another pitcher like that was going to become available for a reasonable price. And you, you know, for Chris Price, uh, for Chris, uh, Chris, Chris Dale, you're probably talking about uh, you know three key prospects and then maybe a, an everyday player as well. So that that was going to be a huge, uh, you know, that was going to be a huge asking price for him. I think that certainly played out when you look at, at what Matt Moore ended up costing at the deadline, because that was a guy that I think made a lot of sense. Who knows if the Rays would have even dealt within the division, but you see what the Giants ended up giving up for Matt Moore and at number one pro I mean, they gave up a lot um, right. valuable pieces uh, in that deal. Um, including a major league player. Um, so so I think what the Red Sox did to get Pomerantz for what they gave up, granted Espinosa is a talented arm, but he's so far down in the system at this point level-wise, um, I think they did the best they could um, without giving up the farm. Um, and that said, they held on to the key chips, Ian. They, they held on to Mankata, they held on to Devers, they held on to Benintendi. And it seemed like there was almost a... Uh, a big relief for Red Sox fans who who didn't want to see those guys go and were concerned that all these prospects were going to end up getting traded, that uh, 4 o'clock Eastern struck on Monday, and, and the big chips in that Red Sox organization are still there. Yeah, absolutely. You have to feel good about it if you're the Red Sox. And, you know, this all goes back to why Dave Dombrowski you know, was so aggressive for David Price in the winter because he knew what the acquisition cost is for starting pitchers now. He got a sense of that way back at the GM meetings last November and what it takes to get a good starting pitcher via trade, and he didn't think it was going to happen without really mortgaging the farm. So Dombrowski really kept this organization intact for the future with Moncada, with Benatende, with, with Devers, and you have to feel good about where you are right now for the Red Sox. You know, both I think both short and long term. Is this a World Series team? You know, maybe not. But I think that this team is going to be in contention. And if you get there, anything can happen. But the, the most important thing is they're set up very well for the next few years as well. Yeah, we've seen so many wild card teams get to the World Series that who knows, you know, once you get into October. That's the key is to get there. And uh, this team looks like it will certainly have a fighter's chance to get to October here down the stretch. So Benintendi makes it up to the big leagues. 14 months after he was drafted, Ian, what a what a rise through the system. And really what a rise from here's a guy who during I think his sophomore year in college wasn't really looked upon as a, as a big-time 
uh, draft prospect, but he had an enormous junior season at Arkansas where the power finally showed up. Uh, he led the nation in home runs at the Division One level. He ends up going in the top 10 picks of the Red Sox, and now it's just been fast track ever since. Uh, makes the debut on Tuesday night. I know he was 0 for 2 with a strikeout, but throw that out in the debut. Um, he's played less than a season's worth of minor league games. So obviously there's still a long way to go as far as learning and adapting, and especially at the major league level. But that said, what can he give to this team down the stretch? Yeah, I think he can give them a spark. He can give them some good uh, some good at bats. He can give them some speed. He can give them you know some pretty good defense in left field. I think he can give them a lot. Look, left field has not been a strong point for this Red Sox team this year. Yeah, Brock Holt has had his moments, sure, but I, you know, I think everybody feels that Brock Holt is best off in that super utility role, and you know he's going to play second base and give Dustin Pedroia a day off uh, tonight in Seattle. So I just think it sets up the whole team better. The guy is such a, you know, Ben Attendi at 22 years old. He's such a professional hitter, really, uh, as far as working the count, and then he's able to put the ball in the gaps. And if he shows some power at this point, uh, all the better. But they're not even looking for him. You know, he's going to be hitting in the bottom third of the order. So uh, just to be a steady presence on base right now is really all, all they're looking for. Yeah, and obviously you said it. He's going to be at the bottom of the order. There's not a ton of pressure on him as far as what he can do at the plate, but but he has all the other tools as well to help out. It's going to be fun to see him, and it's another B in the lineup because the Red Sox can't have too many of those, right? <laughs> Bets and, bees, right? Bets and Bogarts, and, and uh, they, they just pile up now. All right, uh, one more thing to touch on with you, Ian. Eduardo Rodriguez on Monday night um, looked like the Eduardo Rodriguez, I think, that we saw a year ago, and, and – Red Sox fans hope to see all this season. Maybe it's finally coming. Uh, six and a third, three hits, just a run. He struck out six. Did, does he starting to look a little different on the mound, maybe more confident? Yeah, ab- absolutely. This guy looks like a different pitcher since he came back from Pawtucket. Uh, and his confidence is really growing with each outing. He's really regained his command of all his pitches. And, uh, yeah, this guy can be – this guy can give – a huge lift for this team down the stretch if he can pitch like he did last year, if he can pitch like he did his last couple times out there. So, uh, yeah, I mean, just you think about it. A few weeks ago, the Red Sox couldn't get anything after the, the top three spots of the rotation. And now if Rodriguez is going to pitch like this, you know, that's almost like a, a trade acquisition for them. Yeah, huge addition if he can do that, absolutely. All right, this has been MLB.com Extras, our Red Sox edition. For Ian Brown, I'm Tim McMaster. Tune in again next week. MLB.tv Premium, the number one live streaming sports service, is celebrating 13 years. Watch every out-of-market regular season game live or on demand in true HD. Real-time highlights, live look-ins, pitch tracking widget, and more. MLB.tv Premium includes a free At-Bat 15 subscription. Watch live baseball on over 400 mobile and connected devices. Watch at home, in the office, or on the go every night on every device. Blackout and other restrictions apply. Visit MLB.tv for details.